Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Jeff Tippett. Jeff, are you ready to do this? Hey, I am here, and I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Jeff is known as Mr. Persuasion. He is a professional speaker. He is a subject matter expert on persuasion. He is an author. And his next book, Unleashing Your Superpower, Why Persuasive Communication is the Only Force You'll Ever Need, is scheduled for release this fall. I'm excited to have you on. Jeff, tell us a bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Hey, I appreciate this opportunity. So I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I spend about half my time with my um, public affairs and communications firm, Target Persuasion, about half the time speaking uh, for fun. Uh, I am an avid cyclist. I live on a greenway, so I love biking. Uh, I love running. Um, I am also a classically trained pianist, so I spend some extra from my free time uh, on the piano, practicing and performing in different venues uh, around the city. Nice. You know, of all the things that I look back on when I was a kid, I wish that I would have paid more attention during those piano lessons. <laughs> look, <laughs> I wasn't given an option. Um, my father had determined, come hell or high water, I was going to be a pianist. And so uh, it just didn't matter. At, at six years old, I was given my first piano for Christmas. Um, and I vividly remember... You know, at that stage, it was all about Santa Claus, and I remember going into the formal living room to get some Christmas candy, and the room that we, of course, rarely ever use. And I remember walking in there and seeing this piano come running out, screaming with enthusiasm that there's a piano in there, there's a piano in there, and my parents <laughs> did their best to try to talk me out of it. Uh, but alas, I was right. And so um, my father required the practicing. Um, I practiced a couple hours every single day as a kid growing up, even more in the summertime. And then my undergraduate degree is in piano. Oh, got it. So you are not messing around. <laughs> my father was making sure I wasn't going to mess around. <laughs> he determined I was going to be a stage pianist. And uh, the good thing is I, I do enjoy it. I have no regrets. I'm extremely thankful uh, for it. Um, and I we're pretty gifted that it's something that is innate to me. Music is part of, of who I am. So I'm grateful for it. But I can tell you, man, at the time, I was not grateful to give up my summers just sitting at the piano practicing countless hours. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. So one of those double-edged swords that, 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 that we often hear about, Jeff. <laughs> so Absolutely. So from from being a classic classically trained pianist to an expert in the area of persuasion. How did that happen? Well, the big transformation uh, for me and really to begin to understand persuasion um, happened as I was uh, going through an international adoption. And for me, I've always been good at getting things done. I have a lot of energy. I have a lot of passion. I have a lot of drive. And I can work myself through a to-do list, knock it right out, no problem whatsoever. But it was during this experience of uh, international adoption, during a time when Haiti's government was collapsing, there was civil unrest, the bureaucracy was falling apart. For the first time in my life, I had guns pointed at my head, and I had machetes held at my neck. I found myself fleeing cities because of violence um, and riots that were going on, heading out of the city for my own safety. 
And it was being thrust out of my own environment, being in a place with language barriers, with a total different culture, that I really began to understand that my background of just being able to force things to happen and I would advocate manipulate uh, as well just didn't work. And so I began to understand, it was the beginning, it wasn't the finale, this is the beginning of understanding uh, persuasive communications and how we move people along without ever manipulating them. Got it. Well, that's that's a scary experience, obviously, the threat of physical peril and probably even death. That will certainly change your perspective on things. So, got it. It'll make you wake up and pay attention, I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, I think that this is going to be obviously right in line with um, with the kind of work that, that 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 I'm trying to help people with is, and certainly never at the uh, at, at the threat of violence, but trying to force things to happen, trying to trying to to force people to change their behavior, and particularly with adults, that's just never going to work. Um, so, how have you found? really the most effective or some of the most effective ways of changing behaviors in adults? Well, you know, as, as I work in, in my firm, and part of what I have to do is, is pull people along all the time. You know, I'm in the process of, of helping them understand what it is I can offer, what their needs are, where the gaps are, and, and, and how we move together uh, forward, together forward. You know, I think a big part of it, and, and I have a chapter in my new book on this, is, is really helping, having this mindset of helping others find their win, and at which point then we find our win. And you know, one of my heroes, Zig Ziglar, said it this way. He said, you'll get everything in life that you want if you just help another people get what they want. And oftentimes we take that and we, frankly, kind of turn it a little bit more to manipulation. And we really try to you know, pretend that we're helping people when we're actually there just after what it is we want ourselves. Um, but in this chapter of my book, I talk a lot about how we, how we go in, we understand what it is that, that people need, what it is there that they want, where the gaps are. And we talk also about health, wealth, and finances. And those are the three major buckets that pretty much everything can fall into. And what I encourage people to do is find alignment in, in that space, where their needs, what is it that you're bringing to the table, and make sure that your heart is toward them, that you really do want to help them move forward with what it is that they want, and then find that, that clear path there where the two of you are, are moving along together. You, uh, you, you mentioned really pulling people along, and that struck me. I heard years ago that, that people need to be pulled instead of pushed, and I think that that resonates with the idea of legitimately trying to help people get what they want versus trying to manipulate them. Um, so I think that, that really, I think that that's great advice. You know, a lot of people really do mix up manipulation and persuasion. And at times, people even think that they're synonyms, but they are really polar opposites. Um, and it's not their fault. You know, we've been taught a lot of techniques and a lot of tricks and, like, the right words that we should be saying that we think are persuasion but are actually manipulation. But if we go back and understand the difference, I think this is the foundation at the beginning of moving people along is to understand what manipulation really is. And manipulation is defined as to control or to influence a person or a situation cleverly, unfairly, unscrupulously. So what we're doing when we manipulate people, we are moving them, but we're moving them to what we want them to do without them having clear direction and really want to do that. 
And, you know, it, it does work. And a lot of salespeople can be great at manipulation. However, if we want multiple purchases from, from clients and customers, manipulation never works. It may work in the short term, but long term, it's not sustainable. And we know that in companies that acquiring new clients is one of the most expensive things that we have. So when we manipulate, yeah, we may get a short-term win, but we're not going to get long-term success. And persuasion is really is the opposite of that. It's that communication. It's that, 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 that moving, helping them understand like where they are, where we are, and causing them to do something through reasoning or through argument. And the argument here being the very purest form of that word of, of discourse, of solid discourse. And I tell people from stage all the time, if you're wondering, get to the end of a transaction or something that you're working on, if you wonder, hey, did I manipulate or did I persuade? There are two magical words that you can listen for. And when you hear these two words, you know that you have definitely persuaded and not manipulated. And those two words are, that's right. So when we finish and we're talking about the transaction, talking about what we're working on, and that person looks at, and looks at me and says, hey, Jeff, you know, that's right. What I know at that point is they're not doing it just for me, just because I'm making them. They're believing in the very same thing for themselves. And at that point, no, we're not manipulating. We are definitely persuading them. I think that that's great. And I think that everything you said is, is accurate and certainly been my experience over the years of various forms of sales training. I don't, I don't ever want to say that it's malicious, but it is definitely um, – a little bit of manipulation going on with, with with a lot of it. So the important starting point is to have that foundation of legitimately truly wanting to help people get what they want. And then from there, having a good solid discourse. Um, is it a matter of having the right questions to ask? How, how, how does that actually manifest itself? Well, I think it begins, you know, it, it, one of the very first parts of this is the messaging and how we say how we say things. Um, and in my book, I have a chapter on crafting a simple message. And in that, we reflect back on how do you pull back to the just the basic, the essential elements of messaging? Because that's our communication with others, the people that we're, we're talking with. And Albert Einstein said it this way. He said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't know enough about it. So understanding like how do we craft a very simple message, and then how do we capture their attention as well? This, this, we have very short attention spans today. Some studies show that we have less than a goldfish. So how do we capture people's attention? How do we say things in such a way? How do we present our material um, in such a way that we're capturing their attention? So yeah, you know, understanding the difference of persuasion versus manipulation, really caring about the other person, and then being able to craft that message, that persuasive message, is the foundation of the very beginning parts of this. Got it. I, I, I love it. Um, this is a little bit, well, I guess maybe on top topic or, or, or on topic. If we are, if we're doing self-talk, do you think that we oftentimes have a tendency to manipulate ourselves or how can we engage in better self-talk to, to form better habits or better routines if we're maybe not doing a good job exercising or I'm not saving enough money or I don't like my work? How do you, how do you approach that? For me, I just turn the self-talk to what it is that I want to be. And I begin to, and this isn't manipulation to me. This is like, like the reality of creating the reality 
that I that I want to see. And I wake up every single day realizing, you know what, I may not have done exactly all that needed to be done yesterday, but yesterday's over. So here I am today. Here's what I've got. I reflect back on my goals and say, you know, this is where I want to be. And if it's if it's saving money, all right. So what am I going to do today? I also find that I can beat myself up over yesterday, and I can go back and rehash it, and there is zero value in that whatsoever. All that does is leaves me more defeated than what I was before I started. But you know, I, I live on a lake. I wake up every morning just looking at the sunrise, looking at it across the water, realizing this is brand new. What happened yesterday doesn't matter. My goals are still in front of me. There's a reason that I want those goals. So I say today what it is the type of person that I want to be, the type of business that I want to be, the type of person I want to be interacting with others. And I just reestablish my intention of what that is, should be and, and what I want it to be. Fair enough. And then it, 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 I, I always hate to, to be, I always want to avoid being trite and to say, hey, you know what, just make a choice. You, you make a choice and you have the ability to make that choice every day to take the approach that you just described that, hey, tomorrow worked out great for me or it worked out crappy and today's a new day. I have an opportunity to go out there and, and, and create whatever I'm interested in creating. Um, but I think that sometimes it is that simple. What are your thoughts? You know, there are, at times, there are legitimate biological reasons or things that may be happening for us that do take us down a wrong path. So I don't want to minimize that uh, whatsoever or where people may be uh, with that. Having said that, though, I think sometimes we have society and maybe even schooling so much has built in this programming to us that we're not enough, that we're not sufficient, um, that, that, we're, that we're not great at what we do. And you know, I face this all the time, you know, of, of what you call it imposter syndrome, right, where we think we're just faking our way through it when you know, we look at everyone else is doing the same thing. And you know, do I have the skill set? Absolutely. Do I have a proven track record? Yes, absolutely. So just reaffirming that in myself, when I miss goals or things, it's easy for me to, to beat myself up on that. So I, I don't want to take away from something medically that may be happening for a person, but for the most part, we have to like repattern our brains to, to wake up and to go out after what it is that we want, realizing it is a new day. Uh, and there is no value in beating ourselves up over what happened or didn't happen yesterday. Those are just negative emotions that are not serving me today to accomplish what it is that I have set my intention to do. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think that that is great. And oftentimes, well, sometimes the hardest sales job that we need to make is ourselves because you need to have that you need to have the right attitude and uh for any number of reasons that we don't have it we need to get ourselves to that to that right place so it just could be anyway it could be a million things that that we need to be working on to get there but it's just a matter of starting that process if you're not there to get to where you want to be psychologically which will then help you to get to where you want to be and and manifest success for yourself so maybe Maybe that will be a topic for, for your next book. <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of aligning with that right now, so maybe so. So, Well, Jeff, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, you know, reflecting back on part of our conversation about my adoption and what I went through, it was, it was an amazing journey. It changed me. It was one of the hardest things I've ever been through in my life. Um, it was it was difficult. Um 
made it through six and a half months, which is record time for uh, an international adoption, especially when you add in all the everything that was going on with the civil unrest and the president's government uh, falling apart. And again, I finished in six and a half months, came back, landed in Miami um, at the international airport, and, and I'm holding this baby less than a year old, just slightly less than a year old, and holding her, looking down at her, and she's whimpering at that point. She, we found out she had double ear infections and she had some viruses, and so the cabin pressure was just destroying her ears. It was hurting so much. I'm holding her. She's whimpering. And for a brief moment, yeah, I feel pretty proud, and I'm, I'm happy of what I accomplished there with her completing this international adoption. But I looked down at her, and that just began to just, like, fly out the window, and curiosity started setting in at that point. And I looked down at her and began to wonder, what's next for her life? You know, will she become a doctor and heal people? Will she become a humanitarian and relieve suffering? Maybe she'll be a teacher and impact hundreds of students' of lives that then will impact thousands of lives. Maybe she'll go back to Haiti. Maybe she'll be a nurse. All these questions. And no, of course, I didn't have any answers for any of those questions. But what I did have was a knowledge of this, that this process that I went through in completing this adoption was that first flap of the butterfly wing in the butterfly effect, which the butterfly effect says it's just the beginning, that first flap of a butterfly wing that eventually over time and space creates these massive, powerful hurricanes that manifest themselves. So they start with just this little single action. And I want to remind people that the things that we do in life are bigger these little transactions that we're doing, that they matter, that they matter to other people, and that they can far exceed us and what we're seeing today and what we're seeing at the moment. And I don't know about others, but that wakes me up every single morning to know that my work is going to impact lives and the changes that I can help people make in their lives are going to impact them. They're going to impact other people's lives. It gives me strength. It gives me energy. It gives me motivation. It gives me drive to get back up, no matter what happened yesterday, to get back up because my work is making a difference for something greater than I even know myself at this moment. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. So, Jeff, thank you so Uh, much. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Welcome to visit my website at jefftippett.com. It's J-E-F-F-T-I-P-P-E-T-T.com. And if you get a misspelling of anything close, my Google ads will put you there. You can check out the work that I do. You can check out some of my blog posts and some of my topics as well and um, learn a little bit more about me. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jeff your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to jefftippett.com. And check out all of his great work. And keep an eye out for his book, which should be coming out here later this year as well. Thank you again, Jeff. Thank you for the opportunity. I had a great time talking. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.